0: Well I invite you to turn to our passage this morning. <clears throat> it's printed out over on page three of your bulletin. Page three. In our our series that we're doing, we're moving over into Luke's gospel for the, or excuse me, Matthew's gospel from Luke to Matthew for these next couple studies. Uh, looking at how Matthew will introduce uh, Jesus and his his arrival. It's a part of this series that we're calling Magnify the Lord. That's the language that Mary used in her song, My Soul Magnifies the Lord. What does it look like uh, in the midst of the arrival of Jesus to magnify the Lord, to to shine a spotlight on his greatness uh, and to rejoice in it and rest in it? Uh, Well, here we come to to Matthew's introduction of Jesus and the first chapter of Matthew and what might seem like a very unusual Christmas passage. Uh, Matthew starting uh, an exciting story, what seems to us like maybe a not-so-exciting way to start, just a very long list of names. Uh, What's what's going on here? Does, Does Matthew know what he's doing? Well, maybe he does. Maybe the Holy Spirit knows what he's doing. Uh, So we'll we'll take a look, and uh, maybe you were wondering if I was actually going to read all this out loud, and the answer is yes. Um, Actually, reading this passage out loud is extraordinarily helpful, uh, because some of the keys to understanding a genealogy like this one, uh, one is looking for the structure. How is it put together? And you'll see there's a, a very distinct structure as it's broken down into three parts. The other thing which you really pick up as you read is that there is a very distinct pattern because it's repeated over and over and over again, and you really get it as you read, which then sets you up for the other thing to look for, which is where is the pattern broken? Where do you get little breaks from the uh, the more monotonous pattern? Because that's what we're supposed to really uh, kind of key in on. Uh, so look for the structure, listen to the pattern, and listen for where the pattern gets broken and then we'll, we'll look at it together. So, Matthew 1, to 1-17. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Ram, and Ram the father of Amminadab, and Amminadab And Zerubbabel the father of Abiud, and Abiud the father of Eliakim, and Eliakim the father of Azor, and Azor the father of Zadok, and Zadok the father of Akim, and Akim the father of Eliud, and Eliud the father of Eleazar, and Eleazar the father of Matham, and Matham the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations, and from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations, and from the deportation to Babylon to the Christ, 14 generations. So let's pray. Father, we know this is your word. And so we pray that it would do what you promise your word does. That it doesn't return void, that it accomplishes your good purpose. Do that good work in our hearts, uh, work through the one who speaks, and those who listen, that you might be glorified, we do pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus? That's the, the, the question that the gospel writers challenge us with again and again. Uh, just as important as what Jesus does is who Jesus is. So in all the Gospels, that question gets pushed. Who is this Jesus? You may remember throughout his earthly ministry, it comes up again and again. Who is this that the wind and waves obey him? Uh, who is this who teaches with such authority? Uh, who is this who claims uh, to uh, forgive sins? Remember, even Jesus asks it: who do you say that I am? Who is this Jesus, the identity of of Christ? And so when Matthew opens his gospel, uh, that's where he begins. Matthew, the gospel that's primarily written uh, to the Jews of his day, begins by answering the identity question in, in really the most Jewish of ways, a genealogy a list of names of of one's descendants, Uh, well, that's a a very ancient Jewish way of defining one's identity. Uh, It's not just names. Uh, It's not just history. This is your identity. This is who you are. And so as Matthew begins to unfold who this Jesus is uh, to the the people of his day, to Jews like him, uh, he lays it out in a genealogy, uh, who Jesus is. And so it gives us uh, the opportunity to wrestle, to ponder. Uh, and there's really no better way to magnify the Lord. We said that's our that's our goal, to, to magnify the Lord, to shine a spotlight on his greatness, to, to reflect it. Well, by pondering who he is and letting it impact us, uh, letting, it, letting it really open our minds and rejoice in it, well, oh, that's, that's us magnifying God. So we'll do that as we, as we ponder, who is this child? Who is this Jesus? Uh, well, uh, Jesus. Matthew lays it out for us. Um, as we mentioned earlier, a key way to understand the passage is to begin to look for its structure, uh, then the patterns that are set up, and then the places where the pattern is, is broken. So Matthew here traces the line of Jesus through his adopted father, Joseph. Uh, That makes sense, because that's the legal line uh, for for a Jewish son like like Jesus. Uh, So you get all the legal family connections. Uh, Matthew traces it all the way back to Abraham uh, and the generations in between. Uh, It's very clear that some of the generations are compressed. That's a very common thing in certain genealogies. Uh, So there's no problem there. There's an error in Scripture. That was a common practice. Um, You see in verse 17 that the the genealogy is structured into three parts. Uh, First part, Abraham to David. Second part, David to the exile uh, in Babylon. And then third part, exile to the end. And it's that structure that Matthew himself tells us is the key to understanding his big point, which is, who is this Jesus? Jesus. He's the son of Abraham, he's the son of David. Now let's take those one at a time and try to try to flesh it out. So who is this Jesus? He is the son of Abraham. The son of Abraham. Well, that's, that's really the core of what it means to be an Israelite. Right? That's the essence of, of Israelite identity. You're a son of Abraham. Remember, uh, when, when Jesus is having this interaction with with some of the Jewish leaders of his day, and he's pressing them, and they're and they're pressing back. Remember, remember, they say we have Abraham as our father. Yeah, they're 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 playing the identity card. Uh, we don't know about you, but we have Abraham as our father. Yeah, what they're reflecting there is what was what was the common understanding. Like this is the core of what it means to be an Israelite, uh, to be God's people. We're sons. We're children of Abraham. Uh, that's the core of the identity. So as here. As Matthew introduces Jesus, how is he going to introduce him? At the very core, he is a son of Abraham. He is an Israelite. He's the Israelite of Israelites. Which, again, is the introduction. And Matthew actually flushes this out. Because in the opening chapters of Matthew's Gospel, what Matthew does, slightly different than some of the others, what Matthew really (coughs) emphasizes is that Jesus not only is just any old son of Abraham, uh, but he's the, the core Israelite who actually retraces the story of Israel, replays it. So Matthew's going to tell us what none of the other Gospels tell us, which is that Jesus, as a young man, as a, as a young boy, uh, flees uh, to, to, for his life to Egypt. Kind of like Israel, back in the days of Joseph, Fled uh, for their lives from the famine to Egypt. And then Matthew will then tell us that Jesus came up out of Egypt, just like Israel, in the days of Moses, came up out of Egypt. Then uh, Matthew will tell us how Jesus goes into the wilderness for a period of 40 days, just like Israel came up out of Egypt, into the wilderness for 40 years. And then Matthew will tell us how Jesus is tempted in the wilderness tempted specifically to complain about food and to grumble about God's plan, uh, just like Israel was in those wilderness for 40 years, tempted to complain about food and grumble about God's plan. So you see where he's going. Uh, He's saying that this Jesus, who's introduced here from the very first words as a son of Abraham, or at the core of what it means to be an Israelite, yeah, because he is going to replay, relive Israel's story. Uh, which is a very big deal, because uh, Israel uh, doesn't do so well in their calling as sons of Abraham. right? That call to be the people set apart like Abraham. The people called out, God's people, uh, representing him, dwelling with him, uh, living uh, in the holy land, the holy people. They don't do so well in that call. In fact, it's a point that the genealogy emphasizes because <clears throat> one of the key, one of the key structure points uh, is the exile, right? Uh, the exile, which is really uh, the 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 epitome of Israel's failure to live as sons of Abraham, right? Remember, one of the key uh, blessings that God gave to Abraham was, uh, your descendants are going to have this land. I will give you, give your descendants. The land of Canaan. That's a a key blessing that God gives to Abraham and his descendants. So what it meant to be sons of Abraham was, you get the land. right? The land where you can be God's set-apart people, and God can be with you. Uh, Well, here we get, retracing in Jesus' line, the story that that's exactly what they messed up. Uh, That here is is the, the Israelites... Uh, who go down and down and down? You could trace through the stories after David, as the the kings get worse and worse and worse, and the people get worse and worse and worse. All right, they get the land under Moses or under Joshua, uh, but then they don't they don't live as God set up our people. And and after generations, after they're warned by the prophets again and again to turn back to God, finally God kicks them out of the land. Uh, that they, they lose the land. God, as it were. Takes back the blessing of Abraham. All right. The, the land of promise. He, he, he takes it away because of their sin, because of their failure. Uh, and then you have this one introduced as the core son of Abraham. Right? The Israelite of the Israelites, who retraces, uh, retraces Israel's story, Jesus. And sure enough, he succeeds everywhere Israel fails right? Israel, you see it in his line that they lost it, their, their sin uh, they give up the blessing they lose the blessing, but here comes one along who lives it perfectly, right? The real son of Abraham uh, the real seed and what does he do? He ends up bearing the sin of his people right? The end of Matthew's story is that Jesus ends up cursed right? And not blessed because of his obedience, but cursed Right, as it were, he's exiled on the cross, right? Kicked out of the presence of God, the the, the exile of of the wrath of God itself. Yeah, not because of his sin, because of the sin of his people. This is how God can give sinners, can give sinful Israelites uh, the the true promised land, the ultimate promised land of heaven itself, is because Jesus came as the real son of Abraham, the ultimate son of Abraham, lived it perfectly and then died to bear uh, their wrath. Maybe you could think of it this way. Uh, Maybe you could think of it this way. Imagine imagine that you're going to uh, shoot a movie of your life. Uh, It's going to be the story of of all your days, and and, and you're going to play the leading role. Uh, So if it's the story of your life, it's going to include the good moments, but it's also going to include all the bad moments. All the times you failed, you sinned, you hurt other people, right? That's going to be right there on the screen. You're gonna you're gonna play that in each little part, right? Childhood, the teen years, uh, the adult years. You're gonna there. You, you shoot that whole movie, and all of a sudden you're thinking, oh, I don't want anybody to see this. But before the movie gets released, uh, before it's seen, and your and your whole uh, you get treated according to that that movie uh, by the world out there. The whole movie, it's decided, will be reshot. It'll still be all the circumstances of your life, but this time you're not going to play the starring role. Jesus is going to play the starring role. So it's it's really it's really your life. It's really all those days and circumstances. Only it's now it's Jesus doing it, and he does it perfectly. All the times where you messed up, uh, uh, he follows the Lord. All the times you hurt people, he loves. Right. So it's your story, uh, but what gets released to the world, how you get treated is, is Jesus doing it perfectly. Uh, and you get all the glory as if, as if someone else lived your story. That's essentially what, what Matthew is introducing here. Uh, that here is the, here's the story of God's people. They messed it up. Um, but Jesus comes along as the epitome of the one who, who redoes it so that they get what they don't deserve, even all the blessing Uh, of being sons of Abraham. So, being a son of Abraham means a blessing to Israel, and also means a blessing to the nations. A blessing to the nations. This, you might remember, is another one of the key promises uh, to to Abraham. So part of it was he's going to be the father of a great nation, part of it was his his descendants are going to have the land of Canaan, and part of it was uh, that through Abraham's offspring, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. Remember that part back in Genesis? Through Abraham's offspring, all the generations of the earth will be blessed. And that's exactly what Jesus, or what Matthew is beginning to introduce. That through this Jesus, son of Abraham, the big son of Abraham, the epitome of son of Abraham, through him, all the nations are blessed. And it's baked into the genealogy. Right? We, we said one of the keys was looking for where the pattern gets broken. Right? And you start to look at those pattern breaking moments and realize, well, most of them end up being Gentiles. Right? So, verse five. Here's one of the pattern breakers. You have a mother listed. Didn't need to list mothers in Jewish genealogies, but you do here. Breaks the pattern. Our, our attention's focused. And the first one is Rahab. Rahab, the Gentile, from Jericho. Yeah, she's in the line of Jesus, son of Abraham. Uh, Or later in that verse, Ruth. Yeah, Ruth, the Gentile, the the Moabite. She's in the line of Jesus, son of Abraham. Uh, Or verse 6, the wife of Uriah. Uriah, the Hittite, the Gentile. Also in the line of Jesus. Right, so you get highlighted uh, how the how the very uh, arrival of Jesus ends up not only including these Gentiles, uh, but they they're blessed because of it. right? It's this hinting of, of this this good news is going not just to Jews, but to the nations as well. right? From the very beginning, you know, Matthew's beginning to introduce it. That's how he begins his gospel. You might remember how, how Matthew ends his gospel. These are the first words where you get highlighted Gentiles, Gentiles, Gentiles. Do you remember uh, how, the, how the Gospel of Matthew ends? It's Jesus, resurrected, commissioning his disciples to go and take the good news and make disciples of all nations. Yeah, because through the Son of Abraham, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And there's the good news of who this, who this Jesus is. It's good news for us, Because this is how the gospel gets to us, right? Probably almost all of us, if not every single one of us, here this morning are are, are not ethnic sons of Abraham. So how do we end up being blessed uh, through through the son of Abraham? Well, it's because uh, the whole plan was through him. All the nations would be blessed. We who were far off, Right? not near uh, to God and near to his covenants and near to his promises. We get the good news uh, because through this son of Abraham, all the nations are blessed, uh, even, even us. Now, this is how we're brought in. This is how we get life, and we, we rest in it, we rejoice in it, all because of who Jesus is, as the son of Abraham, the one through whom blessing goes to Israel and blessing goes to uh, to the nations even to us this is this is life this is our where we get life where we get our joy uh, through Jesus the son of Abraham but the genealogy also emphasizes the fact that Jesus is the son of David right there's the other another key point baked into the structure <laughs> introduced by that first verse Jesus Christ the son of David so he's not just a son of Abraham but he's also a son of David he's the He's the legal heir to the throne of David. David, you might remember, when it's listed in the genealogy, it's emphasized David, the king, right? You do you remember he's a king? Uh, the genealogy says uh, Jesus is presented as the legal heir to the throne. Now, if you're if you're curious, uh, this very well might be the reason why you get some slight differences between Matthew's genealogy and Luke's genealogy. If you put them side by side, there's some there's some differences. Which is not a surprise. You did different things with genealogies. Uh, sometimes it's, it's more of a kind of a newspaper type exact accounting. Sometimes it's structured a little bit differently. Here the, the, the point seems to be, many scholars think, in Matthew, to really emphasize the line of legal descent from the throne. Right. This is the, this is the, the line of succession, seems to be really emphasized in, in Matthew's genealogy. That Jesus... Uh, is a son of David. Jesus is of the line, right? So it's traced through Joseph, uh, Joseph being in that line, and then uh, the legal line of, of succession to Jesus' adopted son. Joseph, who we'll see next week, uh, is addressed by the angel as Joseph, son of David. Right? Well, David's not his father, Right? No, but it's Joseph, the one who's of the of the line of succession. Joseph, that's who I'm talking to. The angel will, will tell Joseph. Um, yeah, Jesus arrives at, as this king, this long-awaited king from the line of Jesus. He's the legal uh, the legal heir, and here he's arrived to take the throne. All right, we saw that last week in Zechariah's song. Remember, remember that horn of salvation from the house of David. Yeah, here he is. Now we saw it from. ...promised in Psalm 89 this morning as we were reading. Uh, remember that, that promise of verse 3, "...I've sworn to David my servant, I will establish your offspring forever, build your throne for all generations." Right? God promising to bring from David's line this reigning king who would lovingly rule over his people for eternity, forever. Uh, the king that would come. The king that would come to save God's people. this king that would come to rescue from darkness... The son of David who would arrive. And now, and now Matthew introducing, he's here. Uh, and, and again, you see that idea of, of one who comes mighty to save from sin and darkness uh, in the midst of desperation. You see that actually baked into the genealogy. Uh, again, because Matthew goes out of his way to break the patterns at various points. And, and in many of those situations, you get situations, Old Testament stories, of ugly sin and and desperation. Uh, Okay, so go back to one of the first ones. Verse 3, this is the first of the pattern breakers. Um, So you have the line being, and uh, Judah was the father of Perez by Zerah, uh, Perez and Zerah by Tamar. So again, you don't normally list mothers and genealogies uh, in, in these days, so why break the pattern to list a mom here to emphasize that the line goes through Tamar and Judah? Right? Do you remember that story? Right, It's not one that usually makes the children's Bible, um, but, but ugly, ugly situation. Right, You had Judah, who in Genesis is already being introduced as, as J- Judah's going to be the tribe of the kings. The scepter will not depart from, uh, from Judah, right? Judah is going to be the line of the kings. So already Genesis is setting up, like, we're, we're going to the king. Uh, but here's, here is Judah. Well, how is his line going to be continued? Well, Judah's, Judah's firstborn son gets married to Tamar. Uh, but, Judah, but the firstborn son dies before there's, there's a child, an heir. So, according to tradition, the second son is given to Tamar to raise up an heir. But that son dies. Uh, before an heir heir is, is born, so now Judah uh, he should give his thirdborn son to raise up an heir, but now he's now he's worried that this thirdborn's is going to die too, so he refuses, sinfully refuses. Um, so Tamar gets this really twisted plan uh, to dress up like a cult prostitute so that Judah, in his sin and wickedness, will come into her and have and father the child, the heir, which is exactly what happens. Uh, a sinful mess. But that's how you end up with Jesus. That's how the line continues. Uh, that uh, that in the midst of this darkness and desperate situation, what's going to happen? How is this going to continue? God provides the king. Right, that's the first one. Uh, then you can move along uh, to, to Rahab, verse 5. Right, there's another one of these pattern breakers. Uh, we have, uh, oh, by the way, uh, guess who else is in the line? Rahab. Rahab of Jericho, the one who hits the spies, right? She's the Gentile woman who is a prostitute. And, and again, life of sin and darkness, but also a situation of desperation. Uh, she knows that her city's going to be destroyed. She's going she's to be killed. What, what hope does she have? She, she throws her whole lot in with Israel and Israel's God. And she's rescued. Right? That's the line. That's the line of David. In the midst of sin and desperation, uh, she's rescued. Uh, then, the very next, the very same verse, you get Ruth. There's another Gentile. Not as much a story of graphic sin in Ruth's life, but certainly a story of desperation. Right? What what hope is there for Ruth uh, as, a, as a as a widow? And what hope is there for the line of David? Well, she throws her herself desperately in with Israel and Israel's God, and sure enough, uh, God rescues her and provides the line to continue. Um, or another one of the pattern breakers comes in verse 6. Uh, and Jesse, the father of David the king, and David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah. You remember who the wife of Uriah was, right? It was Bathsheba. right? The one David commits adultery with, uh, then having Uriah killed to cover it up. Blech, David's worst moment. The ugliest of sins. Uh, Also a situation of great desperation, uh, because you might remember in judgment, David loses that first child uh, by Bathsheba. Uh, David, who's just gotten this promise that that his line is going to continue. There's going to be this eternal reign of the king through his line, and now uh, one of his descendants has just in judgment been killed. So is this it? Is there no no continuing? And yet in, in mercy... Through that same Bathsheba, God ends up giving Solomon as the, as the heir. So you start to, see, start to see this pattern, that David's line, Jesus' line. You get rescue out of ugly sin and in great desperation. Yeah, God brings the ultimate son of David, uh, Jesus. And, and it's something that Matthew is just introducing here. ...but comes up again and again throughout his Gospels. Matthew actually uses that title, Son of David, for Jesus. Matthew uses it more than any of the other Gospels combined. And in almost every time that we read in Matthew of of Jesus being called the Son of David, almost every time, uh, it's a situation of a desperate cry for rescue. So at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, and then again, again at the end, you have sets of blind men who call out desperately to Jesus, using that language, have mercy on me, son of David. You might remember one of them, Bartimaeus, uh, is, is told to shut up by the crowd, and he shouts all the louder, using that very language, son of David, have mercy on me. Or there's the, or there's the Canaanite one, who comes to Jesus, with this demon-possessed daughter, uh, that, that it's it's hopeless. And here she is, a Gentile woman, hoping that a, that a Jewish man, a Jewish rabbi might have mercy on her. Like, what hope is there? This is desperate. So, what does she cry out? Have mercy on me, O Lord, Son of David. So, this title, Son of David, is this cry in desperate situations uh, to, to Jesus. And in every case, he answers, he heals, uh, he, he has mercy, he rescues, he saves. Yeah, because he's the son of David. This is what he does. It's, it's baked into his family history. Uh, it's throughout his life. And, of course, it, it climaxes with his work on the cross. Because uh, there, uh, there Jesus, son of David, goes so that he can have mercy on his people. And he dies. And, and he dies, right? You remember what's the, the sign above his head. Uh, it's not Jesus' private individual, it's Jesus, King of Israel. He dies as the Son of David, right? Because that's how he rescues. That's how he conquers. That's how he shows mercy to those, who are, to those who are desperate, who have no other hope, who are lost in ugly, ugly darkness. Here's the Jesus, the Son of David, who dies to rescue. Can you, can you make that personal? Can you see how that fits with, with you? Jesus himself makes it personal. Uh, it's, I don't think, a coincidence in Matthew's gospel that Jesus calls out uh, and invites the, the desperate to come to him and find life, right? It's in Matthew's gospel that Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest, right? All you who have no hope, who are desperate, desperate in sin, weary because of darkness, uh, and, and just the ugliness of this world. Jesus, come to me. Come to me. He's right, because he's the son of David. He's the son of David who conquers, who shows mercy, who rescues. Uh, he's the great king. So that's what he calls to you. All you who are weary, heavy laden, Jesus says, Jesus, son of David, says, Come, I'll give you rest. Rest from your sin. Rest from the weariness of this world. Uh, rest for your souls for all eternity. Yeah, that's what the great king does. Uh, And he promises to you. uh, He just says, come to him, look to him, trust in him, cry out to him, have mercy on me, son of David. Right, that's the the beginning of the Christian life, and that's really every day of the Christian life. Uh, Wherever we find ourselves, situations where we start to realize we can't do it. Uh, we, we, We need hope bigger than ourselves. And so wherever whatever part of that situation you find yourself in, uh, this Jesus, well, you now know who to call. Now you know who to cry out to. Have mercy on me, son of David. And he answers. He promises. Here in this life, and then uh, the eternal life that, that never ends. It all comes out of pondering his identity. Right? Who is this Jesus? Who, who is this child exactly? The, the, the long list of, of barely pronounceable names actually helps. Because it, it, it introduces, it sets up it, that big question of identity. There's someone arriving that, that his very identity is going to be the key. The key to what he does, the key to our very hope and life uh, for, for us as individuals, for all of God's people down through the ages. Uh, looking that, that really he is the great son of Abraham. And so that through him, blessing comes to Israel, blessing comes to us and all the nations. And that he's the great son of David, the one who, who rescues, who shows mercy to uh, those who are lost in sin and desperate in darkness. That's who he is. And it's, and it's as we fill our minds with it, meditate on it, just delight in it, Remember who we're singing to, and who we're praying to, and and who we're hoping in. Well, th- there's nothing that magnifies the Lord more uh, than than holding that close and trusting as a, as our hope and our joy, who this Jesus really is. Let's pray. Father, we do pray that you would encourage and strengthen uh, your people here. Lord, we're thankful for this this Jesus who is exactly what we need. Uh, even, even though we uh, we ourselves couldn't construct it, uh, couldn't imagine, uh, apart from your word, but you've done it. You've provided the very one, uh, Lord, that, that will rescue and give life. And so, Lord, help us to know, rejoice, uh, and proclaim this good news, uh, even of even Jesus, son of David, son of Abraham. We pray in his name, amen. Amen.